0: hello and welcome back to another episode of Control alt delete this is another episode that i recorded live this time i recorded it live at a event called she inspires me which was put on by women for women international which is a charity that i absolutely love they are so brilliant at what they do they empower the world's most marginalized women they create the changes that they want to see For 25 years, they've worked with women in countries affected by conflict, equipping almost half a million women with skills, confidence, and connections. They support the development of grassroots women's groups where women can work collectively to alleviate the issues that affect them and create solutions. They help women to connect, network, and build communities and leadership skills, develop action plans for rebuilding their lives. And I'm really passionate about the work that they do I just really wanted to get involved with this event so it was really exciting to be there women for women international put on this event called she inspires me if you want to follow the hashtag she inspires me on twitter you can see all of the um events that happened that day and all of the takeaways and refinery 29 was the media partner so they're going to be putting out a lot of information about the event too so there were lots of events all about digital activism So for this podcast episode, I really wanted to do a live episode interviewing someone who really inspires me and is an online activist. So my guest today is Amica George. She is an 18-year-old student from North London, and she started the Free Periods Campaign, a campaign which calls on the government to give free menstrual products for women from low-income families. The campaign was all about giving free sanitary products to girls that were already on free school meals and the campaign has been very successful they have changed a lot they did a protest and the campaign has made waves there is still more to do but the campaign itself has been used as a case study for how to use the internet to make change so i hope you enjoy this episode i hope that you find amica as inspiring as i do and please go and follow amica so you can support all of the campaigning that she does thanks for listening and here it is i'm really excited to be here i've asked amica if she would come on the podcast a few times already so this is the best Time to do it, I think, in front of a live audience and share the moment with you all. So the Control Alt Delete podcast um, is—I interview amazing women on it. To be honest, the reason I love it so much is because it's not about me; it's about the guest, and I get to sort of share the message with everyone. So I can't think of a better guest for today at this amazing festival. I am to echo, you know, what was just said. You know, I am so impressed with what you've done and. Um, Young people really inspire me, you included. Thank you. So, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. You're so welcome. Let's start off by... um, So, I wanted to ask you, sometimes I'm guilty of retweeting something and thinking I've done something. What you've done is actually taken something that you want to get behind and physically made it happen. What was the very, very first step before undertaking such a big campaign?
1: I think... um One of the things that a lot of people would forget about Free Periods, and myself included, is that I never planned any of this. I never really thought I would start this thing that's become quite big. Um, So, for those of you who don't know about Free Periods, I started it in April last year. Um, I was just kind of having breakfast one morning, and I I read an article about girls in the UK missing school for up to a week every month just because they couldn't afford menstrual products. Um, and this, is, this idea of period poverty was completely alien to me. I'd never heard of it. I talked to my friends and family. They'd never heard of it, and I'd never been personally affected by it. Um, and I did some research and found that this was happening all over the UK and all over the world. And not only that, but the government just wasn't doing anything about it, which is what I found really... Strange and kind of worrying. Um, Even though there were people, there were journalists, it was in the news, everyone was saying, oh my God, there are girls in the UK who aren't getting an education. The Education Secretary hadn't even said it was a bad thing, let alone come up with a solution to fix it. So kind of being a teenager and... Just growing up in this digital age, I did the only thing that I could think of, which was start a petition on change.org. I called it free periods, and the idea is that the children on free school meals, so they're the ones who have already been identified as being from the lowest income families, would get free menstrual products too. So I started this petition, and I think I emailed, like, I sent the link to a few of my friends and asked them to put it on Facebook, And then it had about 20 signatures and then i sent it to my mum, and it got 21 (laughs) and then um i sent it to i asked my dad to send it like around his work which he was kind of reluctant um (laughs) at first but then he he did and like my brother and his friends and my teachers at school and it was kind of growing but really slowly and then i literally have no Explanation as to how this happened, but in a couple of weeks it got over 2,000, and at the moment it's at over 170,000. So it kind of just grew exponentially in the most amazing way, and yeah, I think a lot. I it's not like I ever planned for that to happen, and it's not like I ever planned to ever be doing anything like this, um, which is why it all still feels really kind of exciting and overwhelming for me. Mm. But yeah,
0: that's so interesting because I think with a lot of s- stories. Like these, like with the Help Refugees hashtag that took off. It it was such a small seed and then something so big can grow from the back of it. But I wanted to ask you how you saw it pick up online, because I think Mm -hmm. that um, not only have you kind of, uh, well, you organised a protest, which was successful. Uh, How did the Internet help you? And was it word of mouth more than online? Or do you think that there were moments on social media that kind of made it spike?
1: yeah I would say it did, um, so quite early on, Kathy Newman tweeted it, and that that was a bit of a spike, and then it was just kind of little bits like that, and then it was it was very gradual and I think the the longer I did it, and the more kind of I spoke up about it, and the more I tweeted about it, and the more I put it on Instagram, it would just kind of grow and like I say it wasn 't planned, and it was just kind of this because everyone was talking about period poverty because it had been in the news, there were so many people who felt. Kind of just like me like they wanted to do something about it and signing a petition and getting involved in an organized movement was is really easy Um, and i think i think it's kind of testament to young people i think when we when and all people when you see an issue your first thought is what can i do to help what can i do to support and now that we have the internet and social media it makes it so easy for all of us to just engage so quickly and easily and I think a lot of adults, this isn't really answering your question, but I think a lot of peop, adults would kind of accuse young people of collectivism and saying, you know, that's all that you do and you can just click, sign a petition or post something on Instagram. That doesn't mean you're actually having an impact. And I would always say, look at the free periods protest because that was five days before Christmas. It was freezing cold. Um, I did not know how many people would come. I really thought it would just be me and like a few friends, and it was over 2,000 people who came, and we did all the um, publicity, all the um, raising awareness was via Instagram. That was it, and I think it just shows that you can use the internet for so much good, Um, and I worked with some amazing women that I met, and we all kind of, really use different skills that we had but mainly the internet to just raise awareness and get people excited and create this buzz um and it paid off
0: yeah and and what about periods as a as a topic because it is kind of shocking just as your campaign did show everyone i think that was the moment where you think how is this happening and then you immediately sign the petition because you're just so confused at how this can still be happening but it, it does still feel like a taboo subject sometimes, doesn't it? I mean, even back um, in the green room, I, I noticed that I lowered my voice when I was talking about, I explained like a horrific tampon story. Um, and, um, and, and I sort of immediately think, oh, I should speak quite quietly about that. And, and, and that's learnt, isn't it? It's like learnt behaviour that periods are gross and shouldn't talk about them. And what do you do in your kind of everyday life to make sure that you are overcoming that and not treating it like a taboo anymore?
1: Yeah, I think it's interesting. I think we've all, to some extent, been kind of conditioned to think that periods are really disgusting and we shouldn't talk about them and we should lower our voices. And there is, um, I almost like to think of like a period revolution going on at the moment where people are feeling so empowered and so proud of periods. And I think it's just like the most amazing thing that women are finally starting to realise. Yeah, we... Just because we all go through periods doesn't mean that it's an exclusively women's thing. Doesn't mean that we have to be quiet about them or be embarrassed of them. We have to be really proud of them. So I think obviously the best thing is just talking, just being. It's really hard to kind of get your head around when you've been taught from quite a young age um, to be embarrassed of periods, but to just really embrace them and just tell really disgusting stories. I always say, like, <laughs> always just don't don't worry about kind of sounding whatever, just be really open, be really honest, and most importantly, talk to boys and men and anyone who doesn't have a period about periods, because I think there's definitely a lack of education there, that people who do have periods, it's our responsibility to inform other people. And when we have um, Parliament, which is only made up of 30% women and 70% men the majority of the people making political decisions don't have periods so they're not going to know what periods are like let alone how horrific it must be to go through period poverty every month so i think we need to get over that stigma and we need to break that taboo in order to feel empowered and to make
0: change it's so true because i feel as well the conversation about mental health is a similar one where you know people miss work for many reasons and sometimes you kind of mask it with something else but it could be a bad period it could be that you're just having a really bad mental health day it's sort of breaking down the stigma across across the board is it's exciting that that is happening finally um but a practical question I suppose for anyone listening who wants to be more active and wants to maybe um yeah dip their toe in the activism world obviously you were at school during all of this madness as well yeah so and so you're juggling things and there's uh the, the upskirting campaign at the moment mm-hmm. gina martin that she has a full-time job and i'm just i do i do look at people and think that is so incredible and actually you're not given enough credit as well of how much more work it is on top of all the other work you have or school or whatever um how how did you manage that how was it
1: yeah, so it kind of comes back to the whole thing about me not really knowing that it would. I would have to be kind of juggling all these things. So I started it in um, April last year, so I was 17 in, in my first year of A-levels, and I just finished my A-levels last Wednesday, um, which is really weird. Yeah. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> um, thanks. So, um, yeah, so I kind of just learned how to manage it, and I wouldn't say that I was very good. I kind of was just... Come home and like do emails on the tube, or um, I learned to. At first, I was trying to just do everything to raise awareness, but I realised that wasn't really feasible so i learned to kind of prioritize the things that i thought would have the most impact on the campaign or just do really fun things like the things that i wanted to do and that looked most appealing to me um and yeah you kind of realize that you don't have to just say yes to everything and everyone um and i think it's just when you feel passionately about something and you wanna you really want to see change and you really want to kind of make a difference it doesn't, I don't know, it didn't really, I never considered stopping it or anything, even though it did get difficult with managing school and I had to like shuffle shuffle around my exams because I had to like go to America once and I'm like really grateful to my school to, for being really flexible and supportive of that. Um, but then the other thing I would say is definitely don't feel like you have to do everything on your own. De- definitely draw on the power of community and find strength in numbers because by meeting other people and kind of using everyone's skills and different assets, you can really push things forward without feeling all the weight on yourself.
0: Yeah, it's been really lovely to watch, actually, how much of a community has been built that you have spearheaded. Um, I did notice the Pink Protest, which is a group of um, Grace Campbell and Scarlett Curtis and a few others who have kind of joined forces, and it feels like they sort of see something, and they and they just run and help and yeah. kind of um, just give what they can and promote it and um how did that feel kind of having a network of people around you because i think you know we we can't do things alone and it feels good to have a network and a sisterhood like today is all about
1: exactly it it was amazing it was just i met grace and Scarlett, who founded the pink protest in august last year so they were filming um a video series about activism and then we just really hit it off and they were kind of in the early stages of founding that. So we just got talking and we said we really want to do something together and that's when we thought of the idea of the protest. And it was just amazing. I definitely couldn't have done any of it single-handedly without them. Um, And it's just amazing to think that when you you can often feel alone like you feel strongly about something and then you realise how many people agree with you and how many people feel just as passionately as you do. And it's just the most empowering feeling and I think that's why days like today are so important because you realise you're not alone and you're never going to be alone. There'll always be one person who, disagree, who agrees and maybe there'll be somebody who disagrees, but there'll be 10 peop- more people who agree. Um, and yeah, I think it's just incredible to see movements like Free Periods, but like so many others, also just grow and really take over and just kind of show just how powerful people are when they come together, especially young people. And I think, again, social media has a lot to do with that as well. Yeah,
0: so much collaboration. with people who can help it's amazing so with um this campaign obviously it's been incredibly successful and i think every you know everyone is so grateful to you for what you've done if you were gonna start a new campaign is there anything that happened that you thought okay i've learned so much from that one thing that i might have done differently or any challenges along the way
1: yeah there have been challenges definitely so i'm quite lucky i was saying to you before that the response to the campaign about period poverty has been overwhelmingly positive. There have been most people who I tell, when I tell somebody about it, they immediately want to help. They immediately want to sign a petition or do something to help because it's not a divisive issue. It's not something that no, nobody can really disagree with the fact that it's wrong, that girls are missing school every month. Um, but there are always some, there are always people who say um, something like, oh, I'm sure these girls are just kind of playing truant or... Uh, pads and tampons, you can get them for 10p from Tesco, so how can they not afford that? And that's really shown me kind of the level of ignorance in the UK, that there are people who don't understand that there is a huge gap between the rich and poor in this country, and there is real abject poverty that a lot of people don't understand. I definitely didn't understand before I started the campaign. Yes, pads and tampons are cheap, but you have to buy multiple every month for several years. Um, There are also families who, they can't, talk to, they can't talk to their daughters about periods and they can't because of the taboo, but also the daughters don't feel like they can talk to the parents because they know that there is a choice between food and pads and obviously food has to be prioritised to feed children. So I think it, it is all about education and that is one of the challenges that I face. Kind of, There are definitely people who don't really understand the level of poverty in the UK and also that this is a real feminist issue that... This is all to do with the fact that women have been oppressed for several years. Periods are an exclusively female issue and something that we suffer through but men have no idea about and really can't sympathise with and that's why I think they've been concealed in the media and just kind of in popular culture for so long and that's why we need to overcome that because when men and boys and everybody feels open about periods that's when we achieve gender equality, I think.
0: Yes, and I mean, speaking on that about how you know sometimes people might not understand it or it's so it's so kind of interesting when people act really defensive about things when it's clear that it's a problem but how do you maintain that positivity and also you know there's challenging moments when people don't quite understand it because I think to be an activist you kind of have to remain slightly positive otherwise you kind of would give up halfway through a campaign yeah how do you maintain that
1: I think it kind of just come back to this idea of sisterhood—the idea that you never feel completely dejected when you know that there are so many people who have your back and who want the same things that you do. And also seeing change, even if it's small. So we had the Free Periods protest on the twentieth of December last year, and. I kind of naively expected an immediate response from the government, which didn't come, but in March they announced that £1.5 million of the tampon tax fund would be given to charities to end period poverty in the UK. So yes, I don't think that's a victory for the campaign because it needs we need to see a long-term pledge from the government to end period poverty but it is change and there is change happening all over all over the world the kenyan government um has pledged to end period poverty through government schemes Um, a state called kerala in the south of india has done the same and there is so much change happening there's so many amazing campaigns by amazing activists all over the world so i think it's just that empowerment and that feeling of solid solidarity um, that really like drives me forward
0: and when, when uh, people call you an activist and um, that video that the Pink protested was all about what is an activist, do you mm-hmm. think there's any myths or anything that you think is kind of not true about this activist activist label? Do you think we can yeah. all be an activist? You know, it's yeah. not so kind of uh, stereotypical now.
1: Yes, definitely. I think, um, I think the definition of an activist is definitely is definitely changing i think that we're seeing kind of this new wave of activism and it maybe people thought, would have thought that to be an activist you have to be protesting all the time or you have to be like leading a movement and be really kind of visible but i don't think it's like that anymore i think just by posting things on instagram or by just by telling a friend about something that's activism i think if you're going out of your way to do something that's making a difference no matter how small that difference is i think that's activism and i don't think it needs to be kind of really brave or big or public um, to be activism so yeah
0: yeah Yeah. I love that definition with um, the future we don't obviously know what technology we're going to have in the the next few years or or anything like that but do you feel excited about a lifetime of activism
1: yeah so I'm going to see what happens on results day (laughs) um, and see if I get into university Um, and kind of after I will continue with the campaign for as long as it takes I think now that I've started, and now that there are so many people who want to see um, free periods succeed and an end to period poverty in the UK, I'm not going to stop until that's achieved. And like I said, I don't think activism needs to be kind of big campaigns or big movements. So yeah, I definitely will continue a life of activism, <laughs> um, even though that does sound kind of daunting. But um,
0: yeah. But it's 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 nice when you say the definition because i think activism shouldn't be daunting so that more people do it and actually when i was asked to be in that video about being an activist i was like i'm not an activist i I would never call myself that and actually by the end of the day i thought actually no i am yeah um it's just it's a it's quite a big label to use but i think actually we should all be proud to say we are if we're doing even the smallest things
1: yeah i think there's a lot of stigma around the word that needs to be removed so,
0: I think we've got time for maybe one or two questions. I just wanted to make sure that we opened it up in case we missed off anything um, really pressing. Um, does anyone have a question? You will have to be happy to be on iTunes uh, in the next few days. Um, but, yeah, say, say who you are and who you work for and what you do. Okay, we've got one at the, the front here. Um, hi. Um, my question um, is. My question is basically regarding the normality of periods nowadays? Obviously, periods are the most normal thing that could happen to a woman. I feel like it's expected and everyone should know about it, men and women across the world. Do you think that at some point in our lives, tampons and pads and maybe even painkillers shouldn't be something that we purchase, shouldn't be something that, it should be something that just comes to us because it's not something we can regulate?
1: Completely. Um, Yeah, I would completely agree with that. I think, I always think it's just kind of, it really proves that periods are kind of really holding us back in terms of gender equality. When we have a world where a man can walk into any public toilet or any public space and access toilet paper, soap, everything he needs um, to meet his kind of sanitary requirements... And we can't control when we have periods. We, like you said, we can't regulate them. And there's something that we all go through, and it's a completely normal and natural, bodily process that we can't control. And yet we have to pay for the thing that helps us to manage them. And that obviously leads to period poverty because not everybody can pay for them. So I think, yes, I think we need to see one day, we need to see a world where everything is free because it sounds, I don't know, now we're kind of conditioned to think, of course we pay for them, this is how it... This is That's just how it is, but it makes complete sense that if we want to achieve gender equality we need to live in a world where our needs are met and if men can get toilet paper and soap we should be getting pads and tampons too. But as a first step, I think the tax needs to be removed. Um, at the moment, so we pay tampon tax on the products because they're classed as a luxury item. Whereas Jaffa Cakes, you may have heard, are not. Um, so Jaffa Cakes are a seen as a basic um, and necessary essential item. So it's funny, but it's actually really scary that... They're seen as a basic item, and pads and tampons are a luxury. So I think that needs to change first, and then one day, I really hope we see a world where everything's free.
0: And even with like organic tampons, that's then another layer. There's even more exactly. expensive. Yeah. Anyway, great question. Um, we have five minutes. It's gone so quick. Wow. <laughs> um, you put your hand up first, but I feel like I need to favour a back rower, but. Um, no, we'll, we'll go with
1: you. Her hand was up first, I'm sorry. Um, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Hi, I'm Hannah from uh, Feminine magazine. Um, obviously, ending period poverty is the first half of the battle, but how would you say that... I think that a lot of the um, rest of the battle is normalising periods, especially for young men... Um, and then kind of that would be the foundation on which to build kind of like this normalisation and ending period poverty. Yeah. How would you propose that we kind of normalise it for people that don't experience it? I think definitely conversation, just definitely talking about periods is the most important thing. And like I said before, talking to young boys and men. So since I started the campaign, I've been really kind of maybe over the top in trying to talk to my brother about um, periods and he hasn't always wanted to hear me but um, it's definitely a process and I definitely think it's something that's you're not alone in trying to break the taboo it's something that's happening kind of globally as a revolution of like breaking down the taboo and at first it is kind of embarrassing maybe you and for the person you're talking to but it's so quick and it's so empowering when you break that barrier exactly Um, so yeah, I remember I asked my brother to buy me some pads once and he made sure he had to buy, like, chewing gum or, like, other things to just kind of cover the fact that he was doing that. But it's definitely a process and it's definitely possible because you just kind of see this weight lifted when you, when you feel kind of, yeah, I have a period and it's no big deal and it's the same as anything else, so, yeah. It
0: can be the smallest thing, can't it? Like, I just don't tuck them up my sleeve anymore. Exactly, like, wave them yeah, around. Yeah, here it is. <laughs> um... But thank you so so much amica, for everything for coming on the podcast for um just being really inspiring to so many people and thank you all for listening thank and you. if you've got any other questions we will amica will be around for a bit yeah. um but yeah thank you and thank you so much for women, for women international